Gold is back, your home for everything Central Michigan sports. I'm your host and CMI sports editor, Ashley Berkness. This week, we're going to catch you up on what's been going on with the women's basketball team. We're also opening up the conversation about CMU's gymnastics team and the start to their season. And lastly, Megan and Ryan are going to join me to talk about the toilet paper toss and the men's basketball comeback win against Western Michigan. Joining me first is women beat reporters James Bessenhofer and Kaya Zimmerman. How are you guys? Good, how are you? Good, I'm good. So, women's basketball, let's talk about it. They're 4-15 and 15 overall, and then 2-6 two and Ma- two and six in MAC play. They're currently 11th in the MAC. But last Wednesday, they came out with a win. They beat Ohio 69-66 to break their five-game losing streak. Kaya, can you kind of talk about that game, fill us in on that? Yeah, so Sydney Harris had 22 points, and uh, Rochelle Norris had 12 points in the game. I think overall they played really well. They kept consistent, which I think has been a problem for them throughout the last couple weeks, just not being able to stay consistent um, and play four quarters. I think they did that. Uh, They got a little hectic at the end, and I think that just shows how young they are of a team. They have three freshmen in their starting five and one transfer in their starting five, so a lot of new faces for them, which can lead to being hectic, but when it came down to it, Cindy Harris hit the game-winning three, and they were able to win it. So, overall, good performance. Yeah, and I want to kind of talk about the freshmen with Sydney and leading the team in scoring. Um, what is, like, about her, and what does she, like, do on the court that puts her into that position that she can is able to do that stuff? Yeah, going off what he said, the confidence for her, when I interviewed her after her game-winning shot, she said she'd live for the big moments, and she trusts herself to take that shot anytime. She's not afraid to take the shot um, when the game's on the line. So I think just having that confidence with her getting open, they make plays to get her open, and I think in that game-winning shot, it was, it was going to her no matter what. So I think the offense kind of centers around the three-point shot. And then, James, you talked about Bridget. And she's also second in scoring. Um, do you think, like, with her and Sydney, they can kind of, like, join together and kind of be that leadership role because they do have their their vet players, like Jahari, with Jahari being injured. Do you think Brittany and Sydney kind of form together and kind of create that leadership role for the rest of the young team? Yeah, and then I kind of want to talk about the game they had Saturday against Miami, Ohio. They won their last game, but then they went to Ohio. They lost 
77 to 68. James, what did you kind of see during that game? What are, what are your takeaways? Yeah, going off that, Upberg and Harris usually play around 40 minutes, at least. Yeah. I think Ohio game, I think Sydney went out for 20 seconds, and then she was back in. <laughs> like, it was like she went out, and then she came right back in, and Upberg didn't sit at all. So they definitely need help. I think Taylor Anderson, though, she's another guard. She's a freshman as well. She's kind of all over the place. Like, she not in a good way. Like, she gets defensively, offensively, she's all over getting rebounds, Getting, she was the assist to Sydney Harris on that three to win the game. She just does a really great job on getting people open, being that aggressor. I think she w caused like at least five jump balls in the Ohio game, just being that person that can make a play when it needs to happen. So I think those three guards are really great, but they're playing a lot of minutes and not getting the rest that they need. So I think they just need to find someone who can step up in their bench, like James said. Who do you think could be that person to step up? I think Carrington Gordon, like you said, has been a pretty consistent one. Tiana Tempe, she's another one that she sometimes, uh, in the Ohio game, she hit four three-pointers, which was her career. That was her season high. So she can come in when she needs to and hit threes and be that other guard. Um, she's just kind of inconsistent this year, starting out. Okay, uh, then I want to talk about Rochelle. She's obviously the vet player. She's one of the, I think, probably most dominant vet players on that team that's playing right now. Um, she leads in blocks, 29, and in rebounds with 116. As her, as a vet, but yes, she's also new to CMU, so she's kind of also new with these freshmen to Central. What kind of have you seen from her on the court? And also I want to talk about, like, her interacting with the freshmen. What have you guys seen? I think with Rochelle, she's one, she has a, the biggest knee brace on ever. Um, yeah. So I think definitely injury is like a concern. A lot of the time she has to go out because she just can't get down the court and 
you you can tell she's like hurt but I think when she's on she's on I mean the back-to-back double doubles to open up Mac play she was scored 25 points I think yeah. in the Mac it was second game um Mac she but she had two double doubles back-to-back games when she's on and when they can get that post game going you can tell Heather that's like Heather Osler's I think biggest goal yeah. every single time we talk to her it's getting the inside game going Yeah, and in the like when we were ta- when we were previewing them this season, I said that's going to be their biggest strength if they can get it going because they can get Rochelle going and then also get Harris and Upberg production having that inside and outside game work really well together. They could be a really strong offensive team, and so I think that's what Rochelle brings. The team's at home on Wednesday against Toledo at 7, and then Saturday they're at home against Eastern at 1. What are you guys' predictions for this week? I think Toledo's going to be a tough team to beat. They're 6-2 and two in MAC play already. They're third in the MAC right now. So I think that game could be a tough win. Um, so I do think they'll lose. But I think against Eastern, they're 3-5. and five. They lost one coming into this game. I guess we'll see how they do uh, Wednesday going into Saturday. But I think that there's a chance that we could be Eastern. Um, just depends on the momentum and going into the week and how we do against Toledo. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Ashley. Now I'm joined by a new voice to the podcast, Gymnastics Beat reporter Hadley Peters. Hadley, how are you doing? Hey, guys, I'm good. Okay, let's talk some gymnastics. They opened up MAC play last weekend against NIU and won. What did you kind of see from that meet? Honestly, guys, this is my first time really watching gymnastics my whole life. So, and you're killing it. You know, I've watched Stick It, guys. I've asked <laughs> everybody in this office, have you seen Stick It? They're just like, nah. And I'm like, okay. I have. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Literally everybody else. But anywho, um, you know, their team dynamic's really good. Like, really strong team. They have like eight seniors. I think they have some strong leadership. So, 
you know, every time I interview them, they're like, no, we knew we were going to win. Like, we like we got this. Like, the other day against Bowling Green, I was, like, sweating. I was sweating a little bit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, mm, nah, we knew. And I was like. And that was, like, it came down to, like, the last. Yeah, last rotation. Yeah. But their floor routines are. They're, they're amazing. Strong, they're the strongest yeah. in the floor routine. And they've said that to me, so. Mm-hmm. And then kind of going off the Bowling Green, they also, yeah, they won against Bowling Green. Um, during the Bowling Green, it was a little little rough in one of their mm-hmm. rotations. You kind of want to talk about that? Yeah, the beam routines, I was right there. I was sitting at the table, and a couple times I was like, ooh. <laughs> no, but they were falling. Hannah Demers fell, and the coach was like, you're done. And she was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm do- I'm going back up there and I'm doing it and honestly that's like props, props. yeah like, like they're, they're strong, strong. Mm-hmm. like they you know, you know these athletes, athletes. <laughs> like no <like, laughs> <laughs> said honestly like what do you want like, like, what do you want me to say like, like it's, crazy. it's crazy yeah, yeah. there there's some very talented yeah, they did very strong but though on beam and, and I think that's what would have cost them but Bowling Green they. They impressed me on the floor too. They were really good on the yeah. floor. The one one of the gymnasts, she literally I looked at Megan, our jaws were on the floor. I said I didn't know anybody could jump that high. Oh my she yeah. she was amazing. I don't know what her name was, but kudos to you. And then and then Central Central comes out on the floor and they did what they did best and secured that win. So Friday they Against Eastern, it's senior night. Like you said, they have eight seniors, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty emotional oh, night yeah. probably. Oh, and yeah. uh, what's your kind of hopes and what are you looking forward to seeing on Friday? I hope you know a home win, last home win for the seniors. You know that's obviously that'd be sick to see. Um, you know they have a lot of home crowd support. Or, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's got to be a parent. Not sure. Where's, where's like, like this wit? Like where's like the little suspenders? Every there's game. two of them. They and wear the and like a fired up heat miser wig. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. Like I love that. They stuff. walk around the arena yeah. yelling fire up chips. Yeah, like as soon as like as soon as I get there, everybody's hype, mm-hmm. and I love to see that. So more of that, and you know, I can get hopefully they get a win. I've been looking at like Eastern stuff. Yeah, I think we can win. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Who um, who has been sticking out to you on this team? The past couple weekends, um, Taylor Pitchell has been just rocking it, and she's super like sure of herself and like sure of her floor routines. Yeah. And we and like you need that, that mm-hmm. like that confidence and stuff to win. Um, I mean we have. I mean she's a senior, so. But there's a freshman on the team who was in the Olympics, which is freaking crazy. Um, and she's been winning. Um, she came out on top in the all-around. Or she tied for first in the all-around this week. And I think she got first last week, too. So she's one to watch as well. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent on this team, oh, for sure. Definitely. All right, Hadley, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. And- Green Tree Co-op Market is ready for fall. Their new location is just one mile from CMU's campus and open from 7 a.m. 
to 9 p.m. daily, offering more fresh, delicious local options than ever before, including a bakery and a daily hot bar. This location also has indoor and outdoor seating, larger produce and meat departments, and a student discount every Friday. Stop by anytime for fresh coffee, quick snacks, easy meals, hair and skin care, savory soups, and all the fall essentials. Green Tree now at 4110 West Broadway, Mount Pleasant. Visit greentree.coop for more information. Now we welcome on men's basketball beat reporters Ryan Kaloris and Megan Youngblood. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Ryan? Pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good after CMU's most recent game, which I'm very excited to talk about. Yes, lots to talk about from Saturday. All right. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. If you don't know, Saturday the team played Western, and they won 70-69. to 69. And I think one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, they won in the final seconds in front of a record-breaking crowd. Um, before that even happened, toilet paper toss came back. Celebration of Dan Marley. The whole entire day was crazy. Megan, you got to cover it, be on the the sidelines, watch it all happen. Ryan, you got to experience it in the stands. So I want you both to kind of talk about your experience on Saturday. Oh, it was absolutely crazy covering it as a reporter. It was very hard to keep my composure and not like go crazy, jump up, but it was just lots of emotions. I was I was I was stressing the whole time, not gonna lie. I was like I was like, all right, relax. I was like biting my nails, bouncing my leg, and it was just absolutely crazy. And to see it come together in the last literally five minutes is when I think they played their best basketball. And to see it all come together like that and Brian Taylor take that shot and just the students rush the court, it was like probably one of the best moments that I've had at and no, Yeah, I know. When I, t- I found you in the media room after the, ga- I, after the game ended, I sprinted to the media room and I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to check on her, make sure she's good, make sure she's got everything. I walked in the media room and we just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> and we were talking about how the last five minutes just was so crazy. I don't couldn't even tell you, like, it just didn't seem real. I think I, like, blacked out during it. It's pretty crazy. It was very hot in there, too, so it was not great. Um, yeah, Ryan, what about you? So this was like the first time in I don't know how long that I got the full, you know, student fan experience. Um, I mean, me and my friends, we got there uh, two hours before um, the game even started. You know, we did all the pre-whatever student festivities where we got the RQ Doba wristbands and we got the snake bit t-shirts. And that was really cool because, you know, that was uh, a throwback to what the what they called the student section back when uh, Marley played. So that was a really cool way to, uh, um, to honor him. And this was before the game even started. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was it was really cool because you know usually obviously I'm either covering a game or um, you know in the past when I've gone to CMU games um, I haven't always sat in the student section or or stood I guess in this case, but uh, but yeah the energy was just unlike anything I've really ever experienced um, just watching a CMU game uh, you know the whole time the fans did a really good job they stayed for like pretty much the whole game um, and. And there was just, you could tell that that the energy just had had a big impact on uh, on on just the on court play. And I know Megan, you mentioned, uh, coach said something about that at the at the end of the game, yeah. and and so it was just so cool to see from from that perspective because uh, you know you don't ever really get that. And and then on top of that, um, watching the toilet paper toss kind of from that perspective, uh, 
you know, that was just something else. So overall, it was it was such a cool experience. Kind of talking about that toilet paper toss. Megan, you told me, but I want you to tell our listeners, how was sitting down there on the court in the line of fire of this toilet paper, how many rolls of toilet paper did you get hit with? At least four. Definitely. It was, I was expecting it. I was talking about it all week, how I'm not looking forward to getting hit with toilet paper, yeah. but at least it was toilet paper. So it's, it's yeah. soft. And, but I was expecting it, but it was, it was worth it getting hit though. Cause I was right there in front of the action. It literally looked like it was snowing onto the court. So just being able to see that and experience it was really cool. I'll take getting hit in the head four times. So <laughs> I know I was in the stands and I still got hit with some toilet paper. I was like, you people really need to work on your throwing. Like, come on. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the game. First half was a little rough for CMU. Um, what did you guys kind of see in that first half? Like they struggled to really like get things going. Like they would start something a little bit, but they wouldn't be able to keep up with Western. Like it wasn't necessarily back and forth, but like Western kind of like took it out of their hands a little bit, and then they would kind of catch up, and then it like they just couldn't seem to really catch their momentum, is what I noticed. Almost seemed like um, like CMU was kind of trading twos for threes with Western, and it was like, you know, it, it kind of seemed like they were getting some momentum, but it was, you know, obviously that's a losing recipe if if you're just, um, if all of, you know, if Western's answering with shots that, you know, have more uh, more value to them. So, um, so I, I don't know. I think um, from the perspective of, like, how they have started games as of late, it was pretty good, but... Um, you know, they kind of needed to overcome the the hot shooting that Western kind of started out with. Yeah, and with it being Western and having that, like, not the best start to compared to Western start, what was kind of going through your guys' mind at halftime when we're down? It, yeah, what was what were you guys kind of thinking? I was kinda, what was going through my head was just kind of like, um, more so what was Barbie saying to his team to kind of get him rallied, but I was saying they really need to – get it going and kind of get some runs going because that was one thing that they didn't do that Western did they went on a lot of runs that allowed them to take that advantage into halftime but just thinking that they need to do something and the crowd needs to get more into it too I think the toilet paper toss created so much momentum and then it kind of started to die down a little bit that the fans I think need to get more engaged and kind of help the team win because they provide those extra like few seconds those points that they're about as impactful and I, I agree totally about with the fans and how you could kind of feel that energy and the fans kind of losing because, like, I was in the student section as well. And that first half was, like, the first few minutes, like, everybody was cheering. Everybody was, you know, there and engaged. And then you could kind of, like, feel everybody just kind of like, oh, and, you know, and that's the biggest crowd we've ever had. Like, and you think about it, majority of these students probably have haven't gone to a game so they don't know how this team is they don't know you know uh so definitely that energy of like oh my gosh this is what's happening like that energy was definitely definitely gone and it definitely did affect the the team I'd say Ryan what do you think yeah no I, I mean I agree with pretty much all that was said um uh, you could tell that like at the beginning of the game you know that uh the students um as you might expect from a, a crowd of students that big, you know, they were very reactive to just about anything that would happen, you know. Um, I mean, early in the game, uh, one of Western's players, you know, he airballed a shot, which, you know, that happens. But every time he touched the ball, you know, it was students chirping at him, saying, just yelling airball, like little stuff like that where, um, you know, you could tell that like they were kind of feeding off of that, even if they weren't necessarily keeping pace with Western. And 
and just kind of as as uh, as the margin grew a little bit bigger, where you know they were they were losing by a little bit, and and you you could tell that overall from the entire arena, it was almost like the wind was taken out of the sail a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah, and then halftime. 200 students got their Qdoba. I think they kind of got some more energy back. <laughs> I know I did. And then they, the team comes up back in the second half. Um, they kind of midway through the second half kind of started to show some, some – they were uprising, you know, and started to show some hope, I, I thought. And, uh, Megan, what did you kind of think that second half? I think that second half they – the fans came back energized from the Qdoba, but I also think that the team did, that they – kind of started to find their footing a little bit. I mean, they got started getting close, going on runs. I feel like they started becoming more energetic and engaged. Like, you saw a lot more big blocks. You saw a lot more turnovers on our side. You know, we're usually we're the ones turning over the ball. And so you saw a lot of just more players getting involved and kind of stepping up and realizing, like, hey, we have this record-breaking crowd in front of us. We kind of need to win this thing. And so I think that they just kind of came out and – we're a whole new different team almost in the second half, especially towards the end of that half. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the turnovers that uh, CMU kind of forced because um, one of the big issues that we've kind of seen this year is it seems like there hasn't been enough halftime adjustment, you know? seems like they'll kind of come out and, and you know, obviously I've, I've never been in the locker room. I can't speak to how those go, but it, it almost seems like it's less adjustment and more, you know, we need to stick what we're doing. We just have to execute it better. And it seems like that hadn't been working quite as much. But, um, you know, to to Barbie's credit and to the team's credit, they really did. They they got a, a new wave of energy. And, um, and, you know, on top of that, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a sec. But, um, you know, having a guy like Jesse Zarzuela who's able to kind of come in and fill it up really quickly and uh, – you know, score the team a few points when, when otherwise, you know, they're not shooting that well or, or they are turning the ball over and other, you know. So so having him, I think that was one of the main catalysts of, of the improved second half play. Yeah, bringing up Jesse, he had 25 points. And then, Megan, you mentioned something in your story about him getting those back-to-back three-pointers. What, do you think that kind of, like, gave the team some momentum, even, like, the fans as well? I definitely think so. I mean, anytime a three-point shot is made, the crowd absolutely goes, I feel like, in- insane. And this is like, shoot, yells, threes, you know, like it's a big, big moment. So I think getting back-to-back, it definitely fired up the crowd. And I definitely think it put a spark under the team as well. Because, I mean, we started to get really close. We cut it to the score to seven at that point. So I definitely think him hitting those back-to-back three-pointers really kind of was almost like a turning point. I mean, it was still there was still a lot of time left, but that's when I think we really started to kind of climb back. I mean, it would get close and then kind of fall again, but that definitely helped to get the crowd motivated, I think, again. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I feel like that's what he's done all year. He's kind of, um, you know, even in games where they are struggling, he's kind of been um, almost CMU's lifeline at times where, where he's really just the one that's kind of uh, – Making plays when, when I guess the momentum isn't swinging their way. So, so yeah, I think that was another just shining example of that. I want to talk about Nico. I, in my opinion, he was the person for me that kept them in that game in that, those last few minutes um, with those blocks and to give us the ball. Uh, what did you guys kind of think about Nico's performance? Oh, he was absolutely insane out there coming up big with those blocks, and he even managed to grab a few rebounds and throw them up. And 
I mean, Barbie said it best. He was an absolute terror those last, like, five minutes of the game. And that really – it kept Western off the board and that kept us in the game because mm-hmm. those shots were getting blocked and then we would grab the rebounds. And I think that's something, too, that we grabbed a lot of rebounds in the second half that we weren't grabbing in the right. first half. Right, and I think, like, that first half, I know Kai and I were in the stands and we were like, what the heck's going on? Like, you guys there? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Literally, their rebounds mm-hmm. were not great in the first half. I don't know the exact number, but I literally put it down in my notes. CMU struggling to grab rebounds because it seemed like every shot they took, it would bounce right to a Bronco or it even it would just not – they wouldn't get it. And it, I think in the second half, Nico had a big hand in that and yeah. blocking the shots and then blocking it towards Reggie Bass or Brian or Jesse to kind of create a spark down on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's really a really positive development to see him playing – as well as he did in a game that close of, of that magnitude because, um, you know, he's had some games um, throughout his career where, like, you know, Barbie has started him, he's thrown him in the starting lineup, and then he doesn't even play much in the second half. Um, and so to see him finish off a game like that, even especially a game where, you know, he ended with six points. Like, six points isn't going to blow anybody away, but, but like, despite that, he was still making an impact in a lot of ways. And, and so I think that's a super positive development for this team because um, – you know they are they're super young at their kind of their forward and their center position yeah. their their front court it, they don't have a lot of experience you know Marcus Harding who's a sophomore he's starting most games um uh, Miroslav Stoffel he you know he's he's played the last two years and and he's provided some uh decently valuable minutes but um I don't think they really have anybody that brings the same kind of skill set that no. uh that Nico brings so so yeah, I just think he, I think he killed it at the end of the game, and that was that was huge for them. Okay, and then Brian Taylor, I'd say he's probably the guy of the month right now. Uh, <laughs> he hit that three pointer. What was going through your, your guys's mind when he hit that? As soon as he got the ball in his hand and he started going for it, I was like on the edge of my seat, and I was like, oh my god, I was like, if he misses this, oh my god. But then he made it, and it was like just absolutely insane energy and I don't whatever was going through his head glad he was able to get that shot off because I would have been falling under pressure because that was just absolutely insane because I kept looking at the clock and looking at the, the court and I was like are we gonna be able to do it are we gonna be able yeah. to do it because I was like if we miss this it's over like we're done and I was like and we're gonna lose to Western which would have hurt but then he took that shot and it was I tried so hard not to literally jump out of my seat when he took that shot yeah um you know, just standing where I was in the student section, I feel like it's, I don't know, when you get in a, an environment like that, it's its one of those situations where it's like, there's so much energy around you that you don't feel like that shot can miss. Yeah. If it if it had, like, you know, the energy would have just been sucked out, but it just, it didn't really feel, I don't know, it's just different watching from that perspective, but, but yeah, I was 100% ready to just, you know, basically be trampled if if he hit that shot and because I knew you know obviously the players are going to storm the court in a right. in a uh, scenario like that and sure enough they did yeah. um but yeah I just that I don't know I I can't I don't really have the words to describe it, it was there was just so much energy and and it was it was something special I was talking to Ryan this morning about it. I was like, can you believe that game on Saturday? Like, it's still, like, so fresh in my mind, even though it was it was two days ago, which, I mean, it was still pretty recent. But usually, like, after game, it's like, oh, yeah, we won. But it's like it was different because and probably because it was Western and everything that happened and it was the toilet paper toss. And we won by a point. 
after being down the whole game, pretty much. I think we had the lead yeah, in the beginning. I think that was their second lead of the and game. And I think, yeah, yeah we were shot. literally, and I think we only had the lead when we scored the first two baskets. Yeah. And that was it. And then, so I think just the whole game as part of coming back from behind like that was, and against Western, I mean, that feels even better. It could have been against like Akron or Buffalo and it still would feel good, but it wouldn't feel as good if it was. Right. We still wouldn't West. be thinking about it three days, no, three days later. Because I guarantee you that's going to be a talk of, Talk of campus for the rest of the week. The rest of the week, definitely. That was crazy. Moving on. Um, I had this in my notes. This team is kind of like on a roller coaster. They're up. They're on like a wind spurt. And then the injury bug hits them. And then they're down. They're on that losing spurt. Um, I, For me, personally, I feel like they're kind of, they've been missing Kevin Miller, um, who's been like, who they were he was his their main man last year and coming into the season having him and then him leaving going out with injury um and with this young team who's kind of left of like what do we do um I feel like they're kind of finding their footing of each other and as a team and working their way around Miller um what do you guys kind of think with this injury thing and how can they continue moving forward I think you had it right where they're saying they have to kind of find each other and rely on each other. And, I mean, Barbie literally said in, um, on Saturday of the game that so many players are playing in new positions. And I think they kind of have to come into those positions they've been doing well, as Barbie said, but also they need to rely on each other and realize that, like, hey, we are dealing with all these injuries and illnesses as well, but that they have a whole team around them that is going to step up. And it's usually not one player every game that has a star moment. Yeah, it's been Jesse Lott lately, but there's also Nico who stepped up. Reggie Bass has great games. I mean, he hit that game winner against Michigan. So there's always a player that is stepping up and doing something that kind of brings the team together and I think creates a big buzz from that. Yeah, no, and I think that's been super important because uh, without Kevin Miller, he's, you know, uh, I guess aside from Brian Taylor, he's kind of the one holdover from last year's, yeah. like main contributor, I would say, from last year's team. Mm -hmm. And and I think he essentially serves as, you know, their their vocal leader. Yeah. And so without him, uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of different and a lot of new guys who have kind of had to step up. And, um, you know, Brian Taylor, he's a guy who's, um, you know, he's a very impactful player, but he's also, you know, he's he's pretty soft spoken. He's pretty quiet. And uh, I think he's he's very good at leading it by example. But um, but, you know, he's not the point guard like Kevin Miller is like the the person who's running the offense and and right now it's Reggie Bass who's a he's a freshman you know mm -hmm. so um I think they're trying to I, I think they've done a much better job as of late of kind of finding those uh sources of on-court leadership um but I still think that's something that you know they're still going to be uh sort of developing um but but yeah I think a game like last night uh or Saturday um that that goes a long way toward in in terms of that kind of. Okay, going off their win against Western, do you guys think this could be the turning point for them in their season? Um, Miller's possibly coming back in February. Where do you guys see this team going? I definitely think it is a turning point because I mean this was a huge game to win, and I mean anytime you beat your rival in any sport, it's like creates the energy. And like we said, we we're talking about it three days later. It's gonna be the talk of the week. So I definitely think that it's going to be kind of a turning point. I mean, they have a tough schedule ahead, but I think this energy that they have is going to carry on for the next 
couple games and just kind of keep them going and kind of realize that they can come back from being down because that's what the whole second half was was them constantly chasing it their lead and then finally it just happened I mean let's hope it doesn't happen in the last final seconds every game because uh, as a reporter as a reporter I don't need that stress as a fan I don't need that stress but I think they know that they can do it and what they're capable of and especially if we have Miller back I mean I think he'll just come right in and kind of continue what he did last year and what he did at the beginning of the season yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time, you know, looking just with with some of the opponents that they have up next. It's, uh, you know, they need to really build off of this momentum because, um, you know, it was we were sort of having the same conversation against Michigan. But then, you know, they did have some some lower moments uh, after that. So so now it's like, all right, well, now you did it at home you did it in front of you know your record-breaking fans and um and so yeah I think it's a perfect opportunity to build off of that and if if you can be you know even even if you're not obviously you know no one expects them to like just win out or anything that would just be kind of a, a crazy thing to expect but if they can show that they can like compete in all of these games and not have these games where they're getting blown out and and they're like you know losing energy um I think that's going to be huge. And then getting Kevin Miller back, uh, you know, whenever he is able to come back. Kind of going off that, I think with Michigan, they, you know, obviously huge game last second. They buzzer beater, they beat them. And they, after that, they thought that'd be the momentum change. And I think now that they're in the same situation again, where this could be momentum change, they are going to treat it differently and realize that, like, we can do this, but let's not, like, this was a great game, this was crazy, but we also kind of need to focus on the next game, you know, what happened. And I think now that they've experienced this momentum change almost twice in a season, that they're going to try to do things differently or maybe things the same just to kind of get a better result out of it. Because after Michigan, it was not the greatest run of games. And so I think now they definitely have a different mindset going into it that can change the outcome. Um, yeah, so in that Michigan game, I mean – Credit to CMU for how they played, but, but you know, in that game, Michigan really did not play well. Um, in this game, you know, Western was playing really well. And, and so it was obviously, you know, you're playing a team like Michigan. It's a different caliber, you know, Big Ten school. It's not a max school. But when you are playing a team like Western, even though Western is struggling, like, you have to look at the context of the game, and they were playing well. And CMU was still able to kind of overcome that. So I think that is is more of a like truly a confidence builder that you know like they can keep doing this and and it's not you know you don't have people saying like oh they it's a fluky win against Michigan against a program like that you know it was a hard fought win that that yeah, there's going to be a lot more of those in MAC play that's just kind of the nature of the conference so so i think that's super important in terms of uh you know the rest of their conference schedule yeah those are both really really good points um so the team's Eight and thirteen overall, and three and five in MAC play. Um, they go to Kent State on Tuesday, and then they go to Toledo on Saturday. What do you guys kind of think they need to do during those games? I think definitely for Tuesday against Kent State, they need to come out strong and they need to come out hard and fast because this Kent State team is one of the best in the MAC, and so they kind of I think need to get try to get a lead early and kind of keep it or keep it a close game you know not kind of fall behind like they did with Western like they have in the past they need to keep up with Kent State and I mean it's harder said than done but I think that's they just need to come out knowing that this is the probably the toughest team they're going to play one of the toughest teams they're going to play and they need to just 
be they need to be better than they were at the start of the Western game, definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, what's going to be really important is, I mean, you know, looking into that game, you're kind of going to assume that there's going to be some moments where Kent State will just find momentum and they'll, uh, you know, they'll show CMU why they're the top team. But I think um, the the important thing for CMU is uh, the adjustments that we kind of talked about in uh, in this last game. I mean, if they can uh, if they can kind of you know mirror that a little bit and kind of uh, find ways to adjust to moments where Kent State will you know, because um, Kent State's a really good team. Like I was I was looking at the net rankings; they're around 60th. They're above teams like Michigan. They're above Wisconsin. They're just below Oregon and Clemson. Um, but you know, I think um, what really matters is that they play them you know competitively they play hard to the end of the whistle and or to the end of the buzzer I should say and and like I said the adjustments and then going into Toledo it's going to be another similar like Toledo's not quite as as high up as Kent State is but that's still uh, you know I think they're I know they're top three in the MAC they yeah they're number three so and they're on a five-game winning streak right now right and kind of Toledo brings me back to Last year at the MAC tournament, when CMU lost to Toledo by one, and so I think going into this game, I mean, I talked to Brian Taylor before the season and bringing up the Toledo game and how that could be how they lost going in as last seed, lost the first round to the top one of the top teams just by one two, and they had the lead at halftime. But I talked to Brian before the season, and he said this is definitely that Toledo game was definitely, like, wanting to prove that they can be here. So I think going into that Toledo game, those five that are returning from last year, I think they're kind of going to talk to their freshmen and be like, look, this is this is a revenge game. Like, And I think if they pull off a win against Kent State, I mean, they'll be right there with Toledo. I have no doubts about that. And even if, like, hey, Kent State is top team, but if they play well, I think they're still going to be right there with Toledo. Either way, I would love to see them come home with the win against Toledo. No, I definitely agree. I think if they if they beat Kent State, they're gonna they're riding a two game winning streak, which is something we haven't seen much of lately. You know, is and so they're gonna have that energy kind of carrying on. But even if they lose and play well, I think Toledo, no matter what, is gonna be like you said that revenge game. It's the game that they've probably been thinking about all season almost. Mm-hmm. And they want to win, especially back in Toledo, knowing that they lost there. And it's just crazy. Yeah, no, that'll be a super important game. You know, they'll be um, <clears throat> they'll be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And and like you said, I'm sure those returning players are going to talk to the young guys and they're going to be like, hey, this game means a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, any conference game means a lot. But this one just has a little bit of that extra motivation just, just due to the circumstances. So, so I think it'll be definitely like a, you know, It'll it'll be a test for for some of these younger guys who are kind of coming in and you know really wanting to uh, make their mark, make their impact on this program. I, this is a a perfect opportunity for that. Who knows? It'll be February. Maybe we'll see Kevin Miller back. Yeah, maybe we'll see Kevin Miller make his return on Saturday at least. That's that's February. Could you imagine? Miller comes back for the Toledo game. That would be the game to come back <laughs> for, is Toledo after last year. Like, I'm back. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that would be a statement. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of Maroon and Bold. Thanks for listening. <laughs>